0: Bringing you the top stories from Bonner's Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right, it's the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com breaking down everything happening in District 1 in the state of Idaho. It's brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Brandon Bainey back with Ryan Skaggs for another edition. Ryan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. It's I recovered
1: nice. from Friday night's craziness that happened at Coeur High School
0: yeah that was such a thrilling game and we will we will get to that momentarily but I feel like we got to start with soccer because it is state tournament time state yeah. soccer has arrived there's a lot of good teams from the north but I think the biggest story we have to start with is at the 4a level riot I feel I feel bad I feel like we may be jinxed
1: are we responsible for the you know <laughs>
0: Sandpoint girls soccer was undefeated through the entire regular season. Won the combined 5A 4A Inland Empire League. Beat Coeur d'Alene Charter. Beat all the 5A schools. But all it takes is one slip up, and in the district championship game against Moscow, Moscow scores on a penalty kick in the 51st minute. Sandpoint outshot Moscow 17 to three in that game, but Moscow made it count, and Couldn't so. Sandpoint loses one to nothing. Sorry, no at large bid, no chance to play your way into state. You're sitting at home. That's just you know,
1: it's, it's you know, you see the at large in the 5A, which you know, Lewiston got in the hard way and they made it in the on the boys' side. Um, not having that at large, you know, that play in game, um, hurts. Oof. I mean, you have the number one team in the state that misses the state playoffs is just it's a heartbreaker. And I so I don't want to take claim that we did jinx them, but, um, cause they did have an amazing season, but yeah, I mean, you got to take care of every week, every game, you got to take care of business. There's no really, we talked about it kind of the beginning of the year in the North, you don't really get to have that slip up and expect to get in and get that guarantee. Um, and that's what happened to Sandpoint. I mean, the, probably the best, I would say it's still the best team in the state of Idaho and 4A girls, um, is sitting at home watching the state tournament this week. And that's not a slight to anybody else in the, in the tournament, but man, they had an amazing season and what they did in league was crazy. Um, so for them to miss the state, the state tournament is is definitely a disappointment for them as an understatement. I'm sure it's pr- probably pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, um, yeah. Hats off to Moscow. I mean, they did what they had to do to
0: get in. That's right. They, uh, they at eight and eight now they're the number eight seeded state. Headed to state. That's right. <laughs> So, I mean, talk, talking about, we, we joke on here that this prep cast is the Rodney Dangerfield prep cast, right? Can't get any yep. respect up north. I, I know the perception up north a lot of the times is, oh, well, the IHSAA doesn't really represent the state of Idaho. It represents the state of Ada, Ada County yep. in Boise, right? Yep. And 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 it happens so often with representation, right? We talked about the Clark Fork football team is gonna be six and two, not able to play in the playoffs. Sandpoint soccer, not gonna be able to play. And I understand that the districts up north are smaller, right? So uh, it is hard to give the league two bids every year. It has to rotate. But isn't a simple solution that if you are coming from a district or a league that gets one bid, shouldn't your second-place team be allowed the opportunity to play their way into state with a playing game? Why is the rule that there's only one play-in match for each classification? Why not have all the second-place teams play each other in in three or four play-in matches, and then yeah. you really would earn your way into state?
1: You know, I, I obviously I think in soccer would be a little bit more difficult because you'd have to extend the season um for that to take place or at least have it take because or just force all the district games to be over by Wednesday. So you could have like a Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday play-in tournament, I guess, um, per se, to get those four teams in. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult to see. I mean, and, and from the coach's standpoint, how I used to coach in, in District One. Um You know, sometimes you'll get some really solid programs to get left out, and not having that plan, it's kind of a a disservice to getting the best team. I mean, do is your goal to get the best teams in the state tournament, or is it just for equal numbers? And that's what I mean. The state has to take a look at. I think they, you know, with the recalculations and reclassifications that they've done, they've got to take a serious look at 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 adding those plans for those smaller districts because you could have some really strong teams that are on the outside looking in that don't really get their shot that I guarantee are probably better than the number four, or the number five from district three or district five or whatever it be. So, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to see Sandpoint miss, obviously, you know, you have to take care of what's in front of you and not hope that, you know, somebody helps you out to get in, but, you know, moving forward, I mean, there's no reason that, that Idaho can't extend that. I mean, I think at least for adding two more days to the season, to make sure that everybody gets in that should be there. Why not? It's
0: yeah. I mean, you're only adding one game. I mean, you think about yeah. it. There's there's six districts, right? And and you have the second place team from each of those play. You have three instead of one state play and match. You have three state play and matches and they can all be held at various sites that rotate and alternate halfway like
1: basketball yeah. plays in Grangeville half the time. I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, why not? And, and yeah. It's it's to me it's a really easy fix, but
1: Yeah. No, it really is an easy fix. And, you know, I think it just comes down to, you know, you have more ADs in one district that get to argue against three in another. And so the voices in the room get a little bit louder. Um, You know, I think the competitive balance for our state tournaments would be better if we added the play-in scenario. Um, And it doesn't have to be every district has a play-in. I mean, you just look at the ones like I think District 5 and 4A only has three teams. District one has three teams, so give those team the number two from each of those districts a play-in chance against. Say it's easier to do it regionally to where five plays district six's number four seed, and district three's number five seed plays district one two's number two seed. I mean that's a really easy solution to add, and like you said, it's only adding one game.
0: Yeah, for each team. So yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to get so far into the weeds on this, but another thing that's really grinding my gears or chapping my you-know-what yeah. uh, is in volleyball this year. Uh, the, the, in, in one, a D one volleyball, you have a three team league, right? With Wallace and lakeside and Genesis prep, the champion of that district doesn't even get to go to state. They, they advance to a play in match. How yeah. disrespectful is that, that you're a district champ? I I think the district champions automatically should get to go to state. There should be something to, to celebrate there. Wallace, I think Wallace probably wins that district and instead they've got to turn around and go play a team from district two, just to get to state. That is such a disrespect in my opinion.
1: No. And that's, I mean, name another district that that happens to or in any classification. I mean, name another, and, and I coached for, you know, before I came to Idaho, what was it? 13 years in the state of Washington. That was a, never an issue. You know, you're guaranteed if you win your league, you're guaranteed a state playoff berth. And so, any other state around us—I mean, Montana—you can speak for that one. Oregon, I know how they do their system. League champs get in, and district champs especially get in. Um, you know, Washington's playoff system is a little bit bigger because, you know, depending on the classification, you may have 100, and, you know, or 67 high schools, for example, in 2A in the state of Washington. Um, that's 5A, 4A, 3A combined in the state of Idaho, so it's a little bit different picture, but. Um, I mean, if anybody else can do it, why can't we? I mean, it's, you know, we, we have the ability to, to marginalize the rules a little bit to make sure that, like you said, that we keep talking about competitive balance. Let's reward the teams that take care of business. Why penalize somebody to, you know, have a risk of running into a, a number six seed from somewhere else and losing that match? And now you're like, well, congratulations on your district title, but you don't go state. That, that doesn't happen anywhere else. So yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it. It doesn't make any sense. And that if I've got if we've got a gripe, I think that's where our legit gripe lies right now.
0: Yeah, and and again, uh, to our audience, right, we're preaching to the choir of the fans yep. up north. But for everybody else in the state of Idaho that thinks, oh, the fans up north just complain all the time. There, there are actual. There's evidence to to suggest that. Time and again, that the teams up north do get slided. So, absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll get off my I'll get off my soapbox now, Ryan. Let's, <laughs> talk, about Let let's talk about soccer. Let's talk about <laughs> soccer. Let's let's bring it back. Let's
1: bring well, it back in here. Yeah, I mean, if you want to start on the boys side, five A Lake City, the number one overall seed, plays Lewiston, who won the play-in game.
0: Uh, right.
1: Yeah, and and you know, obviously, it's a rematch of the district title game. Lewiston surprised quarter lane and won that one. Um, so Lewis is a bit on a bit of a roll. I mean, you can really look at things and, and Lake City being at the top of the bracket, you know, they're playing down an eagle. Um, Lake City's got a good draw. I really think that they are the overall favorite, you know, overwhelming favorite to win it all. Um, you know, Timberline and Bora kind of floating around out there that probably going to have something to say about it. Boise is a solid program, too. Um, but as far as looking at the draw, Lake City's got the better draw to get to the final the final championship game.
0: Absolutely. If you're if you're watching the video of this on uh, the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or our Facebook page, you'll see that I've got the brackets here up on the screen. Might want to go full screen just so you can see it more clearly. But um, if you're listening to the audio, you can just try to follow along as best you can. But yeah, Lake City's the number one overall seed. They're playing number eight, Lewiston um number four thunder ridge number five boise are on their side of the bracket i agree with you ryan this is a great draw i personally think it's going to come down to lake city and Bora, the three seed in the in the title match that's just my kind of personal opinion but
1: yeah and and and, you know that sic conference they beat up on each other every week down there um so you don't really get a good beat on you know who maybe the dominant team is because they're all going to split at some point (laughs) kind of guarantee that um but no, I mean Lake City's got a great draw. Boise's solid. I mean, let's be honest. But, you know, that, that bottom half, they're just gonna beat the snot out of each other. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna be a meat grinder. And you could look I wouldn't be surprised that seven seed beats the two seed. Um, that wouldn't shock me any one bit at all of Madison beating Timberline. You just never know. Um, especially Rocky sitting there with Bora. Rocky's a solid team too. Um, so Yeah, 5A soccer is going to be pretty, I think the balance is pretty much there. Lewiston kind of looks like the outlier a little bit. And that's not to slight the Bengals at all. Um, They've been on a roll lately, but just record wise and everything else, what we've seen from the season, you know, I think it's one through seven is pretty competitive.
0: It's really funny this year that they've gone to seeding the state tournaments due, uh, based upon your max MaxPreps ratings to yeah. to avoid having conference teams play each other for the fourth fifth time. But the way <laughs> the way it's worked out in a lot of these soccer brackets is you've got conference <clears throat> opponents playing each other. But but as long as they're seeded that way, I'm okay with it. Yeah, long is it's not predetermined.
1: You know, I, and so looking at the four A, I mean, in Caldwell, you got Sandpoint taking on Canyon Ridge. Sandpoint's got a good a good draw as well. I mean, they're to the top of their bottom bracket. Um, you've got Hillcrest. It's a, a solid team, too. Jerome's really good, too, let's be honest. Um, you know, Sandpoint can make some noise. I wouldn't be surprised. Top four finish guaranteed. I, I won't say guaranteed. Nothing's ever guaranteed. But, I mean, definitely within the realm of possibility for them. Um, so, you know, the Bulldogs are a solid team. They're rolling late. So, I mean, they, they've got their chances in front. Of them. They just got to take care of business and play. I mean – we don't cover t- soccer a ton here in North Idaho because, you know, and it, I think that it's becoming, and we talked about it in last week's prep cast, but that it's becoming more popular. It's getting more notoriety, which is going to get more eyeballs on it. Yeah. Um, and, and so Sandpoint's been, been a solid program. They have historically been good. So, um, yeah, Sandpoint, I would say top four finish for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the title game. But yeah.
0: Yeah, Sandpoint comes in as the number three seed. They're going to play sixth-seeded Canyon Ridge, uh, and I I think that matchup could be potentially more difficult than a semifinal against either Hillcrest or Preston would be. And I I, I agree with you. I like I like Sandpoint to represent the north. I like Caldwell, the five seed. Uh, coming out of that top half of the bracket, Jerome had a lot of ties in the regular season, and because okay. of that, their max preps rating got inflated a little bit, so I really do think Caldwell uh, beat Bishop Kelly on penalty kicks in, in the SIC championship game last week, so I, I like Caldwell against Sandpoint, and I, I Caldwell's a good team. I, I yeah. think they're a team to watch out for. Sandpoint would have their hands full there.
1: Sure. Oh well, and they can run too. I mean, let's be honest. Like Caldwell gets out there, they can move the ball up and down the field. So, yeah. I mean, what they they're stealing from their football team. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. For sure.
1: Um, to go into the three A's. I mean, uh, Bonner's Ferry play. You know, playing quarterly Charter last week in that district championship game, going to PKs, um, was I mean, one. It was exciting. I mean, that, let's just be honest. By the way, that game was. Pretty interesting to to settle a district championship. Um, Quarterline Charter getting McCall, I think is a is a is a generous draw um for them in the first round. Um Sun Valley, you know, that school's they're good, let's be honest. <laughs> so that would I would equate them to like the Corderlane Charter girls. I mean, yes. as far as level goes compared to the rest of the bracket. Um, but quarterline charter got a decent draw. I really do. Bonner's Ferry playing Sugar Salem. I mean, that could be a 50-50 game for all we know. I don't know enough about, you know, your neck of the woods in soccer to, to make a claim on sugar. You probably know a little bit more than I. Um, Bonner's Ferry is a solid program. I mean, they're on the upswing as far as soccer goes. So you never know. They could be hungry and, and pull a shocker. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, three A soccer, obviously, you get to this level at state. It's You usually get one or two teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else, and then it's how everybody got shuffled into the deck. So,
0: yes. Uh, So Bonner's Ferry is the sixth seed playing third seeded Sugar Salem. I do like Sugar Salem better in that matchup. Sugar's Sugar's had a couple of matches this year, a lot of crooked scores where it's like 20 to nothing and like, and like, you know, sixteen to nothing. They've really had yeah. some eye-opening performances. Um, on the top half of the bracket, Cordellane Charter against uh, the four seed against the fifth seed, McCall Donnelly. McCall Donnelly upset Weezer, the second best team in the state in the district championship on penalty kicks. And it's kind of like a standpoint thing. Weezer's yeah. only loss came to Sun Valley, yet they're sitting at home. So you've got a quarter lane charter team that I think gets to the semifinals pretty easily, but Sun Valley Community School is so good. They they probably yeah. will win the three A boys title yet again. But for quarter lane charter, they have the opportunity. So
1: yeah, and they could get a top four finish and still bring home some hardware. So yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. yeah they got their chances. On the girls side, um, if you'll go five A, Lake City drawing Timberline in the first round. Lake City the four seed. Um Highlands out there. Lake City, we've seen, I mean, they played they played tough soccer this year. I mean, let's be be honest. There, I don't think that they're the overwhelming like what we saw with Sandpoint. Um, as far as, you know, top to bottom of their lineup, um, being able to score. It's um, you know, Lake City's got a couple of really solid players. They did what they needed to do to win the five A championship in, in their league and you know, did it pretty soundly. So um, Lake City's been able to to be consistent all year. I I like them against Timberline in the first round um Highland I think would give them a huge test um in a semifinal match you and when you get to this point you don't know if they're on a roll Highland could be just absolutely tearing through people and blow them out Lake City could be playing them tough and win one zero I mean either score would not surprise me one bit um on the bottom half that bracket I really do think Rocky is the one that comes out of the bottom um and I think Rocky could win it all I mean that girl team. Just following a little bit of what I've seen them do down the stretch, to some teams. Rocky's playing really tough, um, and I think that you know they could pull a surprise maybe and win the championship. Highland's good though, so I mean it's kind of one a one b there, um, but that would be my championship prediction. Would I say I would say
0: Highland and Rocky Mountain? Okay, I've got I've got Highland and Boise in mine, and I've okay. got. I've got Boise winning. They've, they've got such a good girls' soccer program at Boise High. Um, Highland is the big wild card because they went undefeated in the regular season, but their strength of schedule, how good was it, right? They The, the East this year in Idaho, 5A soccer, girls' soccer, wasn't very good. So that's well, going to be the big question.
1: And they didn't join, like, Madison and a couple of the other teams that came up north and traveled earlier in the season. Right. Um, and we saw what the north did to that district for those teams that came up. I mean, they spanked them. The, the the teams up here took care of business. So um, if you want to kind of do the prediction there and just go based on competitive balance, yeah. I mean, I think the Boise schools are definitely kind of have the overall edge right now. Um, but Lake City, I think, you know, definitely is, is seated correctly um, as far as what they're able to do. And I think, you know, they can play in that 3-4 matchup. Definitely.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, four a girls, nothing to talk about there. Cause we, we already, we already did talk about we already it. Cried.
1: So. Yeah. We already, uh, yeah, we already, <laughs> we already,
0: <laughs> we already, <laughs> we already poured one out for Sandpoint. So
1: <laughs> otherwise it would have been my favorite, but yeah. Um, so in three, A, <laughs> you've got quarterly charter, the two seed. And the only reason that you're two seed, in my opinion, I mean, and no slight to Fruitland was just that loss of Sandpoint. I think that they probably would have been the one seed had they not played that Sandpoint game last minute. Um, I got quarterline Charter as my favorite. They're going to win it. Um and I'll I'll make the prediction now. I mean, it's a competitive bracket and Fruitland's a solid team too. Uh Timberlake though, the 8 seed playing Fruitland in the first round. Sorry Tigers, that's a tough draw. Um but, you know, you never know what happens. They could if they lose that game, I still think that they could maybe place in the, on the back side of the bracket too. Um so it's not out of the realm of possibility that Timberlake could be taking home hardware. I just think Quarterland Charter was that good in the regular season that uh, Timberlake probably in any other year would have been uber competitive up north. Um, Just lane Charter is that good. I mean, that pedigree that people recognize, but they've got a program built that just is kind of a factory right now.
0: Yep, I think Fruitland and Cordellane Charter are on a collision course. Uh, Rebecca Hines, of course, such a great player for for the Panthers. Uh, Fruitland has a girl, Abby uh, Rubido, who's averaging nine points per game points as goals and assists, which kind of tells you their offensive firepower. Yeah, um, but but I do I like Cordellane Charter there. They've just the, Coach Stacy Smith has such a great program in place. There.
1: Defensively, they are so sound. And, and so that's why I think that they can slow down a Fruitland because yeah. offensively they can score. We all know that, but defensively, I think that that really gives them the edge that they're going to be able to slow down. Those teams that really like to get out and, and run.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I agree. So, all right, let's transition to football, but before we do, let's hear from our sponsors, the Idaho division of public health, and then we'll come back and uh, break down all the football action this week as well. We'll be back right after this on the North Idaho prep cast on idahosports.com.
1: It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get
0: vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Back on the North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com, Brandon Bainey with Ryan Skaggs. Let's uh, transition to football now. What a wild game <laughs> Friday night. Post falls beats quarterly 32 to 27 and completely gums up the works in the Inland Empire League.
1: Yeah, and it was kind of a game I don't think anybody really saw coming. Um, I didn't, going into the I didn't want to say like I had all but like and guaranteed to win that game. I said it would take a really, really awesome offensive performance from Sandpoint to show up, or so from Post falls to show up and, and make that competitive. Post Falls defense, man. I, I tell you what, they looked awesome. Um, and you know, no, nothing to Banks. I mean, he he kind of had a lame right leg. He injured it about halfway through the first half, um, just the start of the second quarter. You could tell he had something going on. He wasn't at full strength, but that I don't think was as much of a factor as just how well Post Falls' defensive scheme. I mean, lane rushed the ball, I believe, for like forty-one yards. Um, you know, post falls did what sandpoint did to quarterline. It is post falls got a little bit more offense than Sandpoint did um, when they played him earlier this year. Jackson Anderson, I mean, kid was a stud on Friday night. And I mean was it would be it passing the ball or rushing, he had a phenomenal game. I believe it was two rushing touchdowns and then passed for uh three or for yeah three more. So um had an awesome game. Um you know Zach Clark getting that reception right there with 27 seconds left, um, the 61-yard bomb down to the inside the 10-yard line. Um, that was an awesome, awesome game. The finish to that game was unbelievable. I mean, Cordellane had their shot at the end too. So, I mean, that was crazy in itself to to see uh, Julio get the ball and go 45 yards and take it inside the 20 to give Cordellane a chance. But uh, um, Halls made the stand at the end. They tried to hit Cope in the end zone and. Ball went incomplete and game was over. It was it was an exciting game though. Man, it was a good game.
0: Cordellane's been in a lot of those this year. A lot of those games <laughs> that are coming right, and it Post Falls has two for that, yeah. Um, so so now it all kind of sets up this week, Ryan, in the five A Inland Empire League. Cordellane is backed in a corner. They they have to win, um, just to potentially force a tie. So yeah, so I no, don't know if they're
1: going to get the at large if they lose. I don't know if there's that room for for failure on their part.
0: Which which is just crazy to think about. But so basically, Post Falls hosts Lake City this week. Lewiston travels to Coeur d'Alene. Neither one of those games is a slam dunk because Lewiston only beat Lake City 35 to 28 last week. Yes. Like, it's not like Lewiston blew them out of the water. Right now, Lewiston is in the driver's seat. If Lewiston defeats Coeur d'Alene, they win the conference. And then Coeur would need Post Falls to lose to Lake City to take second place and grab that automatic bid. If Lewiston beats Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls beats Lake City, then Lewiston takes first. Post Falls takes second. Coeur d'Alene is now fighting for the at-large bid. And we talked about right now it would be very close between they and some of those Boise schools that potentially
1: Bora, yeah.
0: could be fighting for the playoff spot. Yeah, and
1: the hard part, too, for Coeur is that they lost that game, that extra game to one of the Washington schools. So it actually hurts their overall average because they're game shy of everybody else. Yes. Um, Yeah, so I mean, and and record wise, their percentage would be a little bit lower. But um, yeah, no, it's we talked about it off air, but it's like, you know, it is uh, it's looking like you're gonna to have to have the the one-legged sack race on alternating Sundays to settle this one you know for the Denslow cup um, for a, a basketball reference but yeah I mean it's uh it's it's crazy the 5A I was just, like trying to write it out and there's literally six different scenarios that can take place um, of how this thing gets settled I mean depending on who wins and who loses and you know where things kind of settle through it's uh yeah it's kind of a, a funky situation that the 5A's in that we haven't really seen the last few years, because it's been, you know, with that at large, it's been so like settled between post falls or Lewis and whoever having such a good year that that number three team is like, Oh yeah, you're guaranteed to get in. That's not there this year. I mean, I think that the balance is lifted a little bit down South Um to take away that guarantee. Uh, you know, usually you can count on getting that at large. Um You know, Lewis and hats off to them. The Bengals have had a great year. I, no matter what happens, they're in. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and I mean, they're going to be in whether they're the one seed or the two seed. They're in um, because they do have that win over Post Falls. The Coeur d'Alene Post Falls situation is just crazy. Um, yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. it gets really messy really quick.
0: The, the way the way they determine the the at large bid in five A is your winning percentage against quote-unquote, big schools, which is other 5A opponents as well as out-of-state opponents that have an enrollment of 1280 or larger. So all those Washington schools that Coeur and Post Falls and Lewiston have played, those all count. And, and like Lehigh, right, that that game at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, that counts for Coeur d'Alene, but it's a loss. So that hurts them. And like you said, they've had one less game than those Boise schools because they played Sandpoint, which won't count towards their, quote-unquote, big school total. Yeah. So, so
1: most of us have to worry about it. I mean, because they're, they're not in the at-large picture. I mean, their one situation would be the downfall playing Clarkston, which is my own water, um, you know, cause they've got an enrollment under 900. Um, so that's not going to enter the picture, but post falls. I mean, they played Moses, Lake, they played Pasco, you know, those, those teams in the state of Washington are big schools. So they they would be a little bit better because they have the wins over those schools. Um, Coeur d'Alene didn't schedule any small schools this year. So, I mean, that one benefit to them, but they did lose the one game to another big school um, as far as having that canceled due to COVID. So that kind of gums it up just a little bit. But
0: Yes, yeah. so, 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 so so Lewiston doesn't have any losses to big schools. So you could have a three-way tie for the Inland Empire League as well if Post Falls beats Lake City and Coeur d'Alene beats Lewiston then all three teams are three and one, all beating each other. And I reached out to the uh, some of the athletic directors of North, didn't hear back on how that tie would be decided. But if Lewiston, for some reason, didn't get one of the two automatic bids, they're going to get that at large spot because they yep. are two, they're two games up on everybody in the loss column when it comes to the big school records. So Lewiston's in no matter what. So Post Falls needs to win and, at this point, be on the right side of either a three-way tie where they get an auto bid I think that's their only shot. Yeah. Post falls trails too many teams uh, in the loss column.
1: Yeah. I mean, they said too many losses early in the season that it's yeah. coming back to hurt them a little bit.
0: So yeah. it's going to be fascinating. I hope all three teams qualify because I think all three of those teams are better than the seventh best team from Boise. That's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to either the third best team from the North or the seventh best team from Boise. That's what's going mm-hmm. dis- to determine this. And th- there's just too much unknown with those Boise schools playing those cross-divisional games this week to really know how that's going to shake out. But uh, Co- Coeur needs to win, I would say, certainly. Post Falls needs to win, and and that's the easiest way to to punch your ticket. Yes, and some of those
1: SIC teams down in Boise might be playing a team for the second time, um, too. So I don't know what that does to the – you know, percentages and all that stuff. If that comes into account, if you have to play the same team twice, I mean, it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> like I said, it's the one-legged sack race on alternating Sundays.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, 4A, I
1: think it's a little bit more clear. Um, yeah. obviously Sandpoint took care of business, beat Moscow 42 to 6 last week. Um, 4A, Sandpoint wins, they're the champs. Lakeland wins, they're the champs. Um, then i pretty much have settled that Either team is guaranteed to get in as an at-large. Um, if Sandpoint loses to Lakeland, Sandpoint, I still think it's that guaranteed seed. I think that they're going to have the better max preps rating over Preston um, to where they would be a guaranteed slot instead of an at-large bid. Lakeland, obviously, I think gets in just on the at-large side of things, um, so they'd be a little bit lower seed. But both teams definitely, no matter what happens this week, I'm pretty much guaranteeing to see them in the playoffs. yep. Yeah. For, for we have that game here on IdahoSports.com. Uh
0: yes. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be huge. And for Sandpoint, they're playing for, like we said, both teams are in comfortably. For for Sandpoint, they're playing for potentially home field advantage through the semifinals, as we talked about with the max preps ratings. For Lakeland, they're playing for a first round buy, or not a first round by, but a top five seed and a home game for the quarterfinals. I don't mm-hmm. think they're high enough to jump into the top two, certainly. But for for standpoint, there's a lot on the line in this game.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, on Sandpoint, I don't want to say you look at common opponents (laughs) because, you know, this time of year, we've seen how that goes to backfire and blow up in our face. But, um, you know, Lakeland plays Moscow and wins 59 to zero. Sandpoint goes down to Moscow and wins 42 to six. You know, and it's the same team, you know, back to back weeks. Things just look different because of different offenses, too. Um, So things come out differently. You don't know what Sandpoint did when they called off the dogs. Um, I do know Lakeland put in their backups early in the third quarter and they still just boat raced them. So it didn't make it too much of a difference. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, my, the weird thing in all of this, too, that you could have a couple of losses from teams like Bonneville and Sentry again, um, and Burley and like even Blackfoot. Moscow could weirdly sneak in as an at large team, which it would take a miracle but they're not mathematically eliminated yet, which is flipping crazy to me. Um, But yeah. <laughs>
0: what's what's going to hurt them this week is they don't play anybody. So. Exactly.
1: They t- they have the bye this week. And so that does hurt a little bit, but mathematically you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid Christmas. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, Sandpoint I think has more to, more to lose this week than Lakeland. Um just because of being in, you know, the top three seeds and max preps ratings. Um, Sandpoint definitely wants to be hosting late in the playoffs. That's a huge advantage. Um, If they're getting a home game in November, you know, on the shores of Lake Pend that definitely plays to the Bulldogs' favor and especially travel because they're going to be probably playing a district six team. So um, that definitely is going to bode well for you. (laughs) Yes, 100%. that's that
0: so crucial for Sandpoint this week. Three yeah. A Intermountain League, Timberlake. This was the big showdown we were waiting for: Timberlake versus Kellogg Tigers. Proved uh, at least for a week, hey, we're we're still the class of the league. They came through with a nice twenty-seven to fourteen victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, and decisive victory, I think. But the, really, the, when the dust settles, they figured out what was going on up front on the offensive line. Their fullback was able to move back in the backfield again went off 155 yards rushing and two touchdowns um, and able to solidify that victory. And um, they looked good defensively. They all but shut down. I mean, Luna did have a couple touchdowns. touchdowns. Um, he had two t- passing touchdowns, but just, you know, it was like bend, but don't break, but they didn't give up the farm. I mean, they really did settle in and weather the storm that Kellogg really couldn't get their offense moving enough to have m- enough of a difference in the ball game. Um, and, and the Tigers looked good. The, well, I should say the Timberlake Tigers looked good. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, they got tested in front of them this week playing Bonners Ferry, and there's playoff implications still at stake. They win, they you know they control their own destiny. If they win they're district champs, league champs, they're going to get the first round bye and the guaranteed you know nice slots where you're watching everybody beat each other up for a week. Um, Bonners Ferry controls their own destiny too. If they win, they force the tiebreak. If they lose pretty much good job you had a great season badgers but um you know it's over for them and, and kellogg could be the two seed um just because of the head-to-head but it uh, it could get interesting if bonner's ferry wins and you got the three-way tie with the kansas city tiebreaker so <laughs> yes.
0: um fan wise i think uh people would love to see that we but... want chaos let's mm-hmm. be honest <laughs> <laughs> right? Ke- Kellogg is going to be the biggest Timberlake fans this week, right? If Timberlake yeah. wins, then Kellogg gets into the playoffs. They don't have to sweat it out. Uh, if it goes to the Kansas city playoff and Bonners Ferry would need to beat Timberlake to do that. then you've got a three-way tie between, and this is assuming Kellogg beats priest river, which I don't think is a stretch. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, then in the Kansas city tie break, really anything can happen.
1: Yep. And I can mean, you-, you could see, you could see Kel- Timberlake being left home. I mean, if it goes to Kansas City tiebreak and somebody gets hot in the red zone and this just fits their offense better, you could see Kellogg the one seed and Bonner's Ferry the two seed. I mean, it just wouldn't surprise me one bit. So um, you know, and if somebody's got a kicker, you never know. Like they just end zone, you know, this game, the oblong football twig takes weird bounces, but um, you know, kickers could decide it's Kansas City tiebreak, even so it uh it gets interesting. This last week is fun. I mean, let's be honest, but it yeah we kind of want chaos.
0: But. Yeah, and to, for for those that may not know, the Kansas City tiebreak it's kind of like a like when football teams do a jamboree, right? Team A plays Team B. Team A has the ball starting at the thirty-five yard line. Um, you have X amount of time or X amount of plays to try and score. Then <clears> Team <throat> B plays Team C, and eventually through this modified process, uh, one team gets eliminated. So
1: yeah, it's a you have play clock, but no running clock. Um, it's essentially like overtime rules, but, um, I don't know if they modified it. I think they maybe start at 35 now. I can't remember if they changed that a couple years ago. I've only had to do it one time and it, it's, as a coach, it makes you freak out and you have to like be chewing tums the entire time, but yes. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, no, and it's, as a fan, it's fun, but it's like, you know, 35 minutes of football and you're done. So,
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, At least it's better they're settling it that way. I reached out in District Five, where American Falls, Marsh Valley, and Snake River are. There's a potential for a three way tie there as well. And I said, How does that get determined? They said, Well, we have a coin flip. Whoever wins that coin flip, the two losers of the coin flip have a second coin flip. And that's how we determine the two playoff spots.
1: It's like drawing straws.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's I'd rather do the Kansas City tiebreak than flip a coin. But yeah,
1: you want to settle things on the field. Absolutely.
0: For sure. All right. 2A Central Idaho League. St. Mary's 0-0 zero and zero in conference. We finally have some some clarity. Grangeville beat Orofino last week. This week, St. Mary's plays Orofino. St. Mary's, uh, with a win, would then play Grangeville for basically the title and the one playoff spot that league is going to get on October 29th. If Orofino wins, then you look at the possibility of a three way tie, and there's all sorts of complicated stuff. I personally think St. Mary's takes care of business, beats yep. Orofino, and who knows that game against Grangeville could go either way.
1: Yeah, that, that Grangeville game could be a coin flip. I think, you know, we talked about last week a little bit. Both teams been, look to be down this year. Grangeville's schedule, obviously, they scheduled up like crazy. They played a ton of 3A teams. Um, but I think they even played one 18 They played Moscow. So um, Grangeville's schedule I don't think is indicative of like how good they could be at the two A level. Um, but you know it's uh, Orfino or sorry St Mary's played a tough schedule too. They played a lot of Washington one A schools and even playing Lakeland. So um, the the Tesla be St Mary's had a few weeks off. So you know in, in the in their schedule so. They, uh, they've got a chance to kind of regroup and have some practice time to put things back together. So it, uh, it'll be really interesting. I, I think they beat Orfino for sure. I mean, I don't want to say anything's ever guaranteed, but they've got a really good shot. Um, Orfino's down this year and, you know, losing, and you look at common opponents too, and Orfino getting beat by Kellogg pretty handily. So um, yeah, it's a, <clears throat> I think the loggers pull out the victory on Friday, play for the championship next week.
0: Yep. And it would have a
1: playoff feel because it would be technically the first week of the playoffs because they're playing during that play in week. So, I mean, it has playoff implications. I would treat it as such. So, if I was a coach.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what happened last year because it's the same exact thing happened where COVID 19 ran through St. Mary's and Grangeville last <laughs> fall. And yeah. so you did, you had the two teams play each other during the opening round of the playoffs, Grangeville and St. Mary's, and it basically a de facto playoff game and that was kind of an interesting game it was a low scoring game and grangeville basically took their traditional offense and threw it out the window and, and ran a wing t essentially totally yeah. threw saint mary's off balance and they won 21 to 7 so yeah yeah you,
1: you get those games where you don't have a lot of time to prepare and you go against history historical stuff and what you've seen on film all year you know it throws a wrench in things so i mean we've been seeing sand and i don't want to go back to the foray but we've been seeing sandpoint throw their wrinkle or they'll run a, ring, a wing tee um formation a lot of their stuff i mean that could give teams some fits this year uh in the postseason too especially if you get into inclement weather so um but yeah the two a look i mean st mary's you don't know they could show up in the spread <laughs> so <laughs> you never know right. what happens. so yeah it could get interesting yeah, um yeah. the one a d one I think I mean you we got tie breaks in a situation in almost every division in North Idaho right now except for like one that's already been settled but uh lakeside obviously took care of business the first time they played wallace but now they've got to play him again and uh it's a uh, wallace wins that we could have another kansas city tie break <laughs> so yeah north the uh the monday night gets interesting in north idaho let's put it that way we got our own monday night football up here
0: yeah, that would be uh, interesting and and we we talk about this because I think this is the most realistic of all the tiebreaker scenarios we talked about because Lakeside only won 56 to 52 that first time. I've been so impressed with Wallace and the improvement that they've made <coughs> not just from last year to this year but week to week. You can see that yeah. Wallace is a team that's getting better and getting more confident and Lakeside, you know, they've been banged up this year. They've they've had to overcome some injuries and things of that nature and so I this game to me truly is a toss up. I think it could go either way.
1: You know, the one thing about Lakeside that I'll give them is if, if you want to go athlete on athlete, I give Wals the edge. Or not Walsh, I mean, I give Lakeside the edge. I mean, Vander Brown, um, you know, we've talked about him in the beginning of the season, but we've seen what he's able to do. They've got another couple of receivers and running back that are just as solid. Um, you know, up front, I know that they were beat up, and that was where, you know, they, they took a few lumps this year was when their offensive line and defensive line was banged up. Um they weren't able to block as well. Obviously they're moving some of their running backs to the offensive line and you take away some of your playmakers, but um, you know, Lakeside, if you go athlete on athlete, yeah, I give them the edge. But if, if you're going based on improvement through the year, Wallace is going to make this very, very interesting. And Wallace plays very sound team football. They're not turning it over a lot anymore, um, which has been boding very well for their, their, you know, against competition, especially playing some better teams. They've been in more ball games.
0: Yep. So that kind of completes our tour of the football landscape. I did want to real quick just give a shout out to the Post Falls volleyball team for uh, winning uh, the district title last night, clinching a spot at state. Really, you know, coming into the season, we thought Coeur d'Alene would get, would be the favorite, and and maybe Lake City, but but Post Lake Falls, City made
1: a run in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting, but Post Falls has been steady. Yeah, yeah, the Trojans yeah. look good. Congratulations we, to them. Yeah, and we talked about it earlier there, Post Falls playing some of those really tough tournaments over in Washington was going to pay dividends down the road. And we've been seeing it down the stretch. So congrats to the Trojans.
0: And I think Lakeland did that too this year. And I think it's, it's gonna, it's going to start paying off for Lakeland. Um, Obviously they won the regular season title. They'll play Moscow in the title match. And I I think Lakeland is battle tested. Their overall record may not look great because they played a lot of good teams, but um, I think Lakeland's ready to make a run too. So yeah,
1: Lakeland definitely. You know their, their chances of hardware. Obviously, got to beat Moscow tonight. We can't keep counting them for a championship and pull a Sandpoint, but um, <laughs> you know we don't want to jinx anybody here. Just go um, away,
0: Moscow. We've had enough.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and so Lakeland, though, they, like you said, like the defending state champions, and they've got some you know upperclassmen leadership that was there last year. They got to jump on that riding. And obviously, Katie Ryan was a, an amazing player that's having a great career or start to her career at WSU. Um, but there's still a lot of talent there. Addie Kiefer is, she's a stud. Um, so Lakeland's got some talent to make some noise in the 4A ranks. You know, you kind of throw records out the window at this point
0: yep absolutely we'll have a lot to talk about next week ryan we will have actual state football brackets the tiebreakers will have been settled we're not to do the math anymore i'm very much looking forward to that
1: yeah uh, tax season's over for us you don't have to crunch numbers anymore and
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much and uh we'll probably i don't want to jinx anybody again let's just say there's a good chance we're talking about some soccer stuff too yep
1: yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that that definitely will enter the conversation next week in the prep cast. And um, we will be looking at a lot of football games in this district. So it's going to be exciting. All right.
0: All well, right well, thanks for tuning it. in to the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health for Ryan Skaggs. I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.